Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing our series through 2 Timothy and hopefully finishing up here verse 5 as we've been looking at verses 1 through 5 of 2 Timothy chapter 3 uh, for quite some time. But we're going to go ahead and get right into this. And so let's go ahead and let's start reading 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses, well we're going to read the whole chapter, but we're going to be focusing in on verses 1 through 5. And it says this, We know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. For of this sort are those who creep into houses, households, and make captive gullible women, loaded down with sins, led away with various lusts, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Janas and Jambres resisted Moses. So do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds, disapproved, concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions I endured uh, in afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. Out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, excuse me, for correction for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, this morning we're going to be looking here at 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 5. We've we've already really covered verses 1 through 4 in, in pretty great detail. And of course, it tells us that in the last days there are going to be perilous times will come. Now, we, we don't necessarily know if we're in these last days, but we do know that we certainly are in perilous times. And the descriptors of these perilous times uh, are, uh, you know, we, we've gone through and we've seen how in verses 2 through 4, our culture really fits all of these all of these descriptors of people in perilous times. Uh, we, we see that men, they truly do love themselves. We see that they, they are lovers of money. They're boasters. They're proud. They're blasphemers. They're disobedient to parents. They're unthankful and holy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And that's really where we, where we left off. Uh, but I really want to focus in now on verse 5. And it says, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Now, what is this talking about here? This, this holding or having a form of godliness, but, but it's really rejecting that miraculous power uh, 
that that is from God. And, and this is really what it's it's getting into, and what it is talking about uh, is. First of all, we need to understand that power. That power, it's talking about uh, miraculous power, uh, and it, specifically, it's it's the idea even of of miracles, and it's really talking about the power of God. Of course, the power that the Holy Spirit goes and, and gives us um, uh, when when He comes into our life. We think of if we go back into Second Timothy chapter one, uh, we see that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind and that spirit that it's talking about. It's the Holy Spirit that's there and that power that the Holy Spirit brings into your life. And they're going to be those who have a form of godliness, but they deny uh, its power. And so there's going to be this form of godliness. And what I really believe this is getting at is that there's going to be a time, and I believe that there's a lot of this actually already in our culture, uh, of a time when people uh, idolize the the academic nature uh, of religion and of Christianity as opposed to the life-changing, miraculous power, absolutely world-shaking, nation-changing power that the Holy Spirit brings. And so people will rely upon their own intellect rather than the power of God. Now, now don't, don't mistake this here, because there's no doubt we need to be people of the book. There's no doubt we need to study the book. We, we just looked at, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, you know, a month and a half ago, uh, looking at the concept that we need to be diligent to show ourselves approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And it's true, we do need to be studiers. It's true, we do need to be diligent. But academics and knowledge are absolutely no, completely zero exchange for the power of the Holy Spirit, for the power of God, for the miraculous power in the leading in the Word of God, in the miraculous power of God Himself, the Holy Spirit, coming into your life. That there is no comparison. There is absolutely no comparison between a form of godliness of academics and the life-changing Holy Spirit. You see, because one of the things is, is that the Holy Spirit, a lot of times we, we, we say the Holy Spirit and people get all these kind of different ideas in their mind and, and they overthink it, but, but I like to keep things pretty simple. That first word uh, describing the, this part of the Godhead is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Now, this is important to understand. It's a word that is so important. Holy. The Holy Spirit, He comes and He makes us holy. He changes our life. He leads us in repentance. He moves us away from the paths of sin. You see, 
It's really easy to get caught up in a form of godliness when you are basing all of your sanctification upon knowledge and knowledge alone and knowledge applied specifically to others. This is exactly what the Pharisees did. They knew the law of God. In fact, they knew the law of God so much so that they decided to add more laws to the law of God as if they could improve upon what God had already given them, what a foolish endeavor that was. And of course, then when they did that, they became lopsided fanatics who who did not actually pay attention to the weighty things of the law of God. Uh, you know, they were making sure that they tithed in their mint, uh, you know, in their in their smallest amount of everything that they had. And Jesus said, look, that's good, but but you you ignore the more weighty things of the law, like justice. You you don't care that there's injustice among you. You you don't care about these things. They became obsessed with knowledge. They became obsessed, not with the Spirit of God changing their own lives, but but going and knowing knowledge so much that they could go and look out and they could see all the problems in everybody else's lives. And so they had a form of godliness because they might have demanded some form of godliness, and maybe it's not a, a weightier thing of the law, but they would demand some form of godliness, and, and then they would go and pervert that form of godliness into something else, hence why it's not actually just godliness, but a form of godliness. And then the problem is, is that they would reject the, the miraculous power of God to come in and to change their lives and to make them who he wants them to be. That's what they would do. That's what they would do. And we see this in our nation today. There is this academic form of uh, Christianity, uh, so, I mean, sometimes, many times falsely so-called, that, that comes in, that people are extremely knowledgeable, they've got more degrees than a thermometer, and they come out and they start saying all of these things, but they have no life-changing, miraculous power from the Holy Spirit that comes into their life. It's not changing. In fact, what one of the forms I believe of this is is social justice that comes in and says not only uh, you, you know do you have all these people who are pushing it who are generally have degrees because they generally learn social justice in college it's not something that you generally learn naturally you have to you know be convinced of something so dumb but but they go and they get convinced of it through positions of authority from their professors that have come in and, and infiltrated the seminaries and they, they they learn this social justice and they they certainly are knowledgeable on many things, but it denies the miraculous power of God. It denies that Holy Spirit who comes in and changes lives. They come in and they say, oh, you're, you're same-sex attracted, and you know maybe they're, they're of more of the, uh, the, the less radical version of social justice where uh, they don't come out and completely affirm homosexuality, but they come out and they say, look, you can be same-sex attracted. You just need to remain celibate as opposed to going and looking at it and saying that Jesus Christ comes in and he changes lives. He reorders people's lives. He completely changes everything about them to become who he has designed them to be so that they're no longer same-sex attracted, that they've completely defeated homosexuality, that they've defeated that sin in their life. That's what God does. It's such were some of you, not well, I guess you're just going to have to not act on that. Now, I could go forever and a day looking at this within social justice because they really do this, and they really, I mean, you look at them, all the ones who are 
promulgating the social justice, they all have more degrees than a thermometer, as I mentioned. And so they have this concept of a form of godliness because they are going and citing scripture verses out of context. And and they are going and they're talking about justice. And certainly justice is a godly thing. But the problem is, is that it's just like the Pharisees. They've become lopsided fanatics because they've gone and they've added to what God has said, or they've taken away from what God has said. And so they become lopsided fanatics who don't actually have the justice of God. They pervert then the justice of God. And so they deny then the miraculous power of God. Now, that's just one of the ways that people do this. There are some people who just today they deny the miraculous power of God, that that the Holy Spirit is still working in people's lives today, that the gifts of the Spirit are not there. They go and they deny these things. And what do they do? Uh, Because, I mean, you have to replace it with something. And so they replace it with reading books and academics and big words. And let me tell you, I can talk big words. I've I've written books. I've contributed uh, to to chapters to other books. I've uh, I've gone and I've read many books. But let me tell you, ultimately, the biggest thing is to come back to the power of God, which, of course, is the Holy Spirit. He does, of course, work through his word of God, but it's the Holy Spirit illuminating the Word of God that changes my life, that I look at it and it reflects and it shows me what, and He shows me what I need to change in my life. But it gives us this warning. It says, from such people, turn away. Now, this means to avoid continuously, to avoid continuously. You know, this applies to all of the descriptors that we've read in verses 2 through 4. But I want us to understand this isn't something that you just kind of maybe try to avoid these people a little bit. No, it's a command to continuously avoid these people. Avoid them continuously. Stay away. Why? Because if you don't, there is a promise here that whether or not we're in the perilous times and the, the end days, the true end days, that Jesus is coming back very, very, very soon, or, 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 or not, what happens if you don't avoid these people? You invite the perilous times to come into your life. It will bring peril into your life. Your life will become extremely more difficult You will not be able to accomplish what God has called for you because sin will get a foothold in your life. So I want to tell you, avoid these people continuously. Be vigilant to stay away from this type of person. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8 and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may be able to observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hey!
believe it. The work has already begun. Know that God's up to something.